0: Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio.
1: Ping Bomb Audio, your favorite Joshi Pro Wrestling podcast. I'm Aaron Bentley. I'm joined by Taylor Mainberg. How are you doing this morning, Taylor? It's not morning at all, but how are
0: you doing? It isn't morning. Uh, I'm doing all right. You know, it's been a a bit of an interesting week um, in life in general. So, uh, but I'm happy to be here as always talking with you, my good friend, about my favorite Joshi Pro Wrestling. Wait, are you saying that Joshi
1: Pro Wrestling is your favorite or that we talk only about your favorite Joshi Pro Wrestling?
0: Uh, maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> okay, well that's good.
1: Uh if you want to reach out to us in any way, you can find us on Twitter at Jbomb Audio, an account that we are just failing miserably at maintaining. But, you know, there's just n- not wrestling going on, so it's pretty hard. I I like to believe and maybe this is just me saying this is future Aaron's problem. I like to believe that when wrestling gets going again, we'll do a better job.
0: Oh, almost certainly. And, you know, we've now, I think we create such good audio, perfect audio, that if our Twitter was also doing so well, there wouldn't be any room to grow and improve. So the audio is great. And soon, once wrestling comes back, the Twitter will be equally as good. Wow. A real
1: vote of confidence there. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, so follow us there to to watch the growth happen. I think, you know, you can get in the ground level of our Twitter account at Audio. as I said. You can also find me at Aaron, like the car. And Taylor is at T-A-M-A-I-M-B-O-T-A-M-A-M-B-O. That's right. We need to do like a jingle with that, I think. Um, I mean, I worked on one last episode, as everyone remembers, with the Kuru <laughs>
0: But it worked much better for your... Twitter handle than my Twitter handle. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
1: That's right. All right. Make sure that you are subscribed to the show. So you get these as soon as they come out. We pretty much drop these every other Monday. I mean, I think we have every episode so far, but you know, you'll have it there sitting on your phone, on the podcast app of your choice. If you search for jumping bomb audio on whatever app you use, or you can get us as part of the voices of wrestling podcasting network. If you're using the Apple podcast app, please give us a rating and review. I mean, People are probably out there looking for Joshi podcasts. So, you know, think about when you were trying to find things to help you keep up with Joshi or to learn more about Joshi, you might do a little search on Apple podcasts. And if you're giving us ratings and reviews, it'll move us up in the old algorithm. People might find this podcast and enjoy it. If you have any interest in donating to the show, you can go to red com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. However, Considering the times we live in, I would suggest that you could uh, much more ably spend your money by donating it to uh, bail funds in any of the cities in which unrest is happening um, or a million other things. So just, you know, do that instead. This is going to be, you know, this is not the show I've been most excited to do for sure since we cover Joshi Pro Wrestling. I don't think we could do an episode uh, without mentioning the tragic death of Hana Kimura. We will talk about that briefly. We're not going to talk about what happened or anything like that. So if you don't want to hear about that, you, you're not going to hear about it here. We're mostly going to talk about uh, some, some memories, some recollections of Hana. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about Arisa Hoshiki retiring from wrestling. We're going to talk about Uh, Japan starting to reopen. So that will hopefully lead us to some wrestling happening. And uh, we have some other notes about some upcoming shows. It looks like in the next few weeks we might have more wrestling to talk about. We're not going to be continuing our old Stardom uh, rewatch for this episode just because I can't speak for Taylor, but I wasn't really in the mood to watch Stardom uh, in the past week or so. So we'll put that on hold. We'll probably come back to it uh, because I don't think by our next episode, there'll be enough wrestling for us to uh completely do an episode on, but we'll see what happens. So we'll start with uh talking about Hana kimura. She, of course, uh passed away last week at 22 years old. And Taylor and I felt it was uh, important to mention it, of course, but largely we just wanted to Talk about some happy, joyful things that uh, that we remember about Hana, especially in our um, limited personal interactions with her. So, Taylor, I will open the floor to you, my friend, or uh,
0: just anywhere you want to start. Oh, uh, OK. Um, well, I guess I was lucky enough to have seen her uh, four times live, which actually going back, thinking about it uh, this week, um, Actually, seemed um, I was actually surprised to remember that I had seen her so many times in such a such a short amount of time. The first time I saw her was back in twenty seventeen when I was in Japan and went to a Stardom Korokin show. This is back when she when Hana was in Oedo Tai, and I just remember. I specifically actually remember her. I remember. You know, seeing her at the show, I remember the the match she was in because she had just such a just such an aura about her, and I think a lot of people this week, um, over the last week, have talked about that. What an aura she had, even though she was still at that point in 2017 relatively new to the company. She wasn't one of the top uh, wrestlers in the company, but she still gave off just such an aura of. Being a star, I almost said stardom, um, which I guess would be appropriate. Um, Happened to see her again in Japan last year, as well as twice over the last WrestleMania weekend show at both the stardom show itself and at the uh, Ring of Honor New Japan joint show at Madison Square Garden. So I consider myself very lucky to have seen her so many times. Obviously, the sort of famous story of Hannah at that stardom show is, is, if you don't know, uh, it was raining uh, that day of the stardom show, (laughs) and the show was delayed. Um, I think it was delayed. It ended up being delayed an hour or something. We were all standing in the rain. It was cold and raining, and I think actually standing in the rain for an hour got me sick the following week because I was very sick after that WrestleMania weekend. Uh, But I just remember the wrestlers coming in and Hana having so much energy, being so excited to see us all and get us excited to see the show. Um, It really helped for all us miserable people who were standing out in the rain. So that's really my two best memories of Hana. I'm trying to remember what
1: she said. I know that uh, Nate a.k.a. Epictetus, tweeted about this or maybe retweeted uh, his own tweet. I'm trying to scroll through and find it, but everybody, if you weren't there, it's just like everybody else was kind of, so Rossi is like leading the pack of all the wrestlers and they kind of just look like, "Mm, well, we're having to walk by all the people standing outside, you know, into the building. And Hana is just like the opposite. Of that <laughs> but she she said something funny and did her like uh, you know metal she gave us the metal sign for sure um, okay yes I, I found uh, Nate's tweet uh, she said it's gonna be fun woo, and and yelled at everyone so I remember that it was exciting I think I have a, a dumb picture somewhere of all them uh, walking through that day but yeah it was it was freezing rain and we were all i think kind of down by that
0: point yeah it had been a while we didn't know what was no one knew what was going on because there was no one really coming out and saying hey this is what's happening it was in a weird part of the city where it wasn't like you were in a vibrant part of new york where there was lots of fun people walking around. I think it was like across from a used car lot or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) We were wrapped around this sort of very plain looking warehouse building. So it wasn't like there was a lot of excitement um, other than that going on. We were just sort of standing around waiting uh, for something to happen and hopefully to get in and for the show to happen. Um, But yeah, so that was sort of the uh, ray of light in the rain, if you will. Actually, one of my biggest memories of waiting in that line, Taylor, was you walking by
1: and refusing to get in the line and telling us you were going to get coffee rather than standing in line.
0: No, I'd never said I I don't drink coffee, so I definitely didn't say I was going to get coffee. I think I was going. I felt bad because you were at the front of the line. You were like fifth and sixth in line or something. And there was already a huge line all the way around the building. And I was like, well, I'm not going to cut in line even though we had reserved seats. Yeah, it didn't matter where you were in line. <laughs> so, I guess it didn't really matter, but I I think I felt guilty that everyone was standing in the rain and I had just shown up and I didn't want to, you know, jump jump up in line.
1: Ah, well, Maybe you lied then and said you were going to get coffee.
0: Maybe but. I did. Or maybe it was someone else who was going to get coffee. I don't know, but I don't drink coffee. That's a fact huh. about me. So, wow. Big, great facts. I'm glad we could. Yeah. <laughs> when There's a quiz one day about us. Everyone will hopefully remember that you don't drink coffee. When people start showering me with gifts for doing this podcast, don't get me any coffee. <laughs> uh, my other
1: memories of that show are they messed up Hanna's music. When she came out, they like, her was at the end of the match? I can't remember, but somehow they messed up his music and she like turned around and yelled at the, <laughs> like in a joking way, you know, yelled at the uh, people who were running the music and then she kind of sat back. Um You could, from where we were sitting, you could see her sitting back behind the curtain and she just was like uh pouty in a way, like the rest of the show. And after, at the time, I just thought it was funny. After like seeing her on on Terrace House and kind of just seeing her personality and um reflecting back, I'm like, I feel like Hana was just as a wrestler, was constantly working all of us, (laughs) like (laughs) as far as who she was, she was putting on this this personality. Uh, but after the show, uh, you know, I'm a I love to do the the mark picks, I will never apologize uh, for checky time, and so I, I. I uh, got in Hannah's line. Actually, I was first in Hannah's line and she had her, she had a sweatshirt on over her gear. And my wife was uh, going to take the pictures of Hannah and me. And so she captured this hilarious moment in a, in a set of photos where Hannah poses for the photo with me in her sweatshirt, suddenly realizes she has the sweatshirt on and makes this like big show of Unzipping the sweatshirt and kind of like unveiling herself in a way it was like very funny and uh, you know just I guess she was expecting that all of the people in line uh, were uh, Joshi perverts of course so she uh, didn't want to be uh, in the photo in a sweatshirt so it was very funny to me just how big she did everything you know she was just uh, very sweet very warm in the in those limited Interactions uh, other than I, obviously I wasn't with you in Japan the two times that you saw her um, did see her in Japan once at Shinkiba, or twice I saw her in Japan uh, on the same trip once at Shinkiba. I'm uh, I was really bummed at the time that you know they did like three like three shows in a row I think and we just picked one and went to it but that was when Kagetsu was doing her retirement tour so on another one of those nights they did you know they re teamed up and she did the Oedo Tai get up and everything. And I was sad that I missed that. Uh, but then the, the final match we or the final show we saw uh, with, that involved her on that trip was uh, at Madison Square Garden when they uh, did the, the tag team match um, on the pre-show of Wrestle Kingdom. So, you know, that was excellent. Just like, I guess there was some concern leading up to it. And I was a little anxious of like, how are the fans going to respond to this? Uh, but it was a pretty warm response, and especially as the match kept going, they really got everybody into it and so that just made me feel so happy for them and uh it was great to see them get that big opportunity, you know and uh in front of that huge crowd and uh just a great a great memory but i, I think the the main thing to take away um is just what a what a warm person Hanna was' just a great personality, sweet. Uh, I, I had a tweet which I just stole it from the stardom subreddit. So, you know, I I didn't do any work here, but she had a thing after the, after Bushirot acquired stardom. And part of her statement in the press conference was that she wanted to bring pro wrestling to people who were institutionalized and incarcerated to like bring them comfort or to show, and to show the kids who were in those situations, like a different world that was, that was available or possible. And, uh, I just, it's hard to, you can't talk about Hana. You can't separate um, Hana as, as a wrestler from what appeared to be, from all indications, a person who uh, genuinely cared about others and uh, spent a lot of her time and her life trying to bring joy to other people. There's a billion stories going around Twitter of wrestlers that she met and how kind she was to them. So I would encourage you, if you if you want, uh, to, to seek those out. I know there was a great thread from Brody King where he talked about meeting Hana. And then running into her again at Madison Square Garden. So um, I don't know. This is hard to talk about, but great person.
0: Yes, and clearly beloved from all the tributes. Actually, NWA just, I think, posted a video yesterday or two days ago, something like that, with Thunder Rosa um, talking about Hana. And her experience that's definitely worth checking out. I saw it on Instagram, but I think it's also on YouTube as well. I think it's part of their Girl power show, um, but that was very nice. It's about a seven minute video of her talking about it with some photos um, from her time in Japan, so I would recommend uh, looking that up as well.
1: All right, so that's really all I wanted to to do to talk about Hana, you know, maybe in the future. Uh, we'll talk more about her career, but uh, all I'm capable of talking about at this point.
0: Anything else you want to say, Taylor, before we move on? No, I think uh, I I echo your sentiment as well.
1: All right. In uh, a pretty big news that came out of, of stardom uh, before any of this happened, uh, Arisa Hoshky has decided to retire from wrestling in her statement that came out. She said that she was suffering from, uh, neck and head injuries, I believe, if I'm remembering that correctly, and basically was trying to work through them and, and ultimately got to a point where she decided that it was just better off that she, uh, stopped wrestling. If you recall, she was supposed to defend the, uh, white belt, Stardom's white belt against Natsuko Tora at the, uh, first No People Gate show at Corrigan Hall and, Suddenly in the middle of the show, we found out that she wasn't there and we would never see her uh, wrestle again and start Now, of course she's retired once before and come back. So I guess we can't camp that out. She's like 24 years old. <laughs> so she's uh, there's plenty of, plenty of time ahead of her. Uh, but um, sad that, that injuries would force uh, a young woman who clearly has a, has a passion for wrestling. And since, you know, she left and was, was drawn back later. So, uh, just a bummer to see uh, another uh, Joshi have to retire, uh, especially because of injuries.
0: Yes. And I did, I think I saw that Rossi wants her to come back and have one last match um, next year if they do, if slash when they do the 10th anniversary show. Uh, I saw that going around. So she may come back and do one match, which would be nice to sort of be able to give her a farewell. Cause as you mentioned, she just sort of. Um, she was supposed to be on that No People Gate show and didn't end up uh, wrestling on that show. And then, of course, show stopped happening and she retired. So it would be nice to get her back uh, one more time to be able to give her a proper farewell.
1: Yeah, she definitely deserves a, a retirement show, retirement ceremony. I mean, I don't presumably she had one when she retired the first time, but still, she came back and gave uh, quite a bit of time and apparently uh, quite a bit of her body to uh pro wrestling so she deserves a, a nice send off um i until recently i hadn't watched the the old arisa stuff from her first run in stardom so i'm just kind of getting to know that part of her career uh what were your general thoughts about arisa as a as a wrestler as just
0: whatever uh, any thoughts you had about her um you know it's funny because we were just talking about the um stardom show in new york it's so funny because I, so I was in the front row for that show, and part of the deal with if you bought tickets in the front row, you got a signed, um, not a portrait, but a sort of a signed card from a from a random wrestler um, that were on your seat when you sat down. And when I got there, it turned out that I had gotten Arisa, Uh But at that point, she still was sort of, in the mid-card, maybe lower mid-card. She hadn't done a lot. I got it, and I was sort of like, oh, this is fun. And then the month later was the Cinderella tournament that she won, and she really took off um, from there and then obviously won the title and nearly broke the uh, defense record. Uh, So I felt like I always had the connection from getting that, um, from sort of being like, oh, I got this uh, from a wrestler that, you know, obviously I have favorites. She wasn't my favorite. I didn't dislike her. Um, And then of course she sort of right after that moment took off. So I sort of always had the connection that way. And I always enjoyed her matches. I enjoyed a lot of her matches defending the titles. I thought that they were really, uh, really great. Obviously a big loss to the company who had put her in a position to be one of the bigger uh, names in the company. So um i'll definitely i'll definitely miss her yeah it's it's a weird uh
1: feeling for me and honestly hard to process after everything else that happened but I was never a big fan of hers I think anybody who knows me uh was aware of that i think largely it was kind of what you're talking about when she came back she was kind of just there you know not really in a in a prominent spot and then suddenly, to me, it was out of nowhere she won the Cinderella tournament. And I look back at it later and she hadn't, I don't, I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure this is true. She had not won a singles match, period, until uh, in her comeback, until the Cinderella tournament. And suddenly, you know, she wins a bunch in a row and goes on to beat uh, Momo Watnabe. So part of that is my own bias that I'm a huge Momo fan, hated to see her lose. Uh, probably the only wrestler that I like. <laughs> Genuinely, it like makes me bummed when she loses a wrestling match, which is goofy, but uh, you know, just who I am, how I feel. Uh, so I didn't like that. But also, I'm just the kind of person where it really frustrates me when someone is like universally beloved and I don't get it. Like, I, I feel like during her white belt run, all the talk was about how she was one of the best wrestlers in the company, uh, you know, one of the best Joshi wrestlers, period. And I never saw that. Like I she never really peaked that high for me. Um it, now and she didn't really have awful ma I didn't think their matches were like really bad or anything. I thought she could be sloppy and kind of stilted at times, and that got better as obviously as she was around more. But uh, she just never really hit that hit that uh, gear for me that really made me connect to her. And so I just hate when everybody else gets something and I don't. <laughs> it's like a really frustrating feeling for me.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't think she was the best wrestler in the company. I thought she had a lot of very good matches, as we'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, I think part of it, at least for me, is that stardom has sort of been so spoiled in the past with having so many really great wrestlers as we talked about a few weeks ago when we covered that Sendai Girls show with Io Shirai is obviously one of the great female wrestlers um, in stardom's history if not in Joshi you know in the last decade or even more than that you know they had Io Shirai and they had Kyrie Hojo and people like Momo Watanabe and Jungle Kiona, like these wrestlers who are really at the very tip top. And, you know, you sort of start to see so many of these people like that that you expect that everyone should be able to get to that level because all of these people have gotten there. And some people, and this applies not only to stardom, but really every all wrestling around the world, that some people will probably never get to that point. Or if they get there, it will be very brief. And so I think Arisa was very talented, but certainly not to the level that some of the previous big stars, especially the people who held um, titles in stardom, had been. So I can I can sort of see where you're coming from.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I'm happy that I, I've tried to change in my life from, like, getting irritated when that happens to like being happy for people who something connects with them, even though it doesn't connect with me. You know, that was like a hard (laughs) change in my life. Like when I was a kid, I would hate fucking any, you know, big pop music. I was like, this sucks. You know, anybody who likes this is stupid. (laughs) You know, And it's like, oh wait, you know, people's, and I'm not trying to be one of those, let people enjoy what they enjoy people. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that people had a connection to her because that's, To me, that's where all of this is valuable. Like, there's no real reason, I mean, to do anything, but especially to watch pro wrestling, right? Like, it doesn't, uh, make any difference in like the world. I mean, it does. That's unfair to say because it can, but you know what I mean, especially in like uh, what's going on right now. It seems silly. Pro wrestling can seem silly, but it's really important. For us to find things that we connect to that that bring us joy. Like I find that stuff uh, very important, especially when all this stuff is going on. So if she and she did the fact that she connected to people and made them happy and uh, they got a lot of joy out of watching her wrestle, I think rules and is a testament to. Her that she was good, you know, even if I didn't always like her, uh, clearly she made a connection with people and that's what pro wrestling is about. Is about uh, making connections with the fans, and she did that. So it was a career that was obviously too short, and especially it's a bummer to for it to end because of injuries. Uh, but not that Ari says listening to this podcast, but uh, you know I hope she knows, and I'm sure she does, that it was uh, a valuable endeavor that affected people.
0: Yeah, and to be able to go out at least to have the ability to recognize that. You know, I'm having issues with the head and neck. But to my knowledge, she is not, you know, hampered in her day-to-day life unless I there's some big news I don't know. You know, she doesn't have anything broken or anything like that. So she can still retire and, you know, at her young age still have a full life. Now, unfortunately, it won't involve wrestling. But, you know, especially after, you know, the all the events of this week – You know, sort of important to see the silver lining and that she retires as someone who still has a full life ahead of her and will be able to enjoy it, you know, to the fullest. And, you know, maybe she does come back to stardom in a non wrestling role. You know, we don't know. It's happened in the past with some people in stardom. Um, You know, she's already, they've already, as I mentioned, talked about bringing her back for at least one match. So maybe she, you know, is able to do one match a year or something like that to at least keep in the spirit of things, or she's able to become a manager or work for stardom's office. Now, especially that they're, they've been acquired by Bushy road. They may have, you know, a need for more hiring. Um, So, you know, the, the future, you know, could still be bright for her. I'll say. I'm sure
1: it is. She's seems like a, a delightful young woman. So Rooting for her, obviously. You know, she's like, she just always seems goofy, which like sometimes affected my ability to enjoy her wrestling. But like outside of that, like in her promos and stuff, I'm like, you're such a goof, Arisa. (laughs) I like that about her for sure. So uh, I hope whatever she does, she enjoys it. But let's, you know, there's not a lot of wrestling going on. So maybe people want to go back and watch some are some matches, so I thought we would talk about uh, some ones that that we thought highly of. So, Taylor, what are uh, some matches that you would suggest to people?
0: So, I just have this list of uh, matches. Not going to say too much about each individual match, but you can go and find them. I believe they should all be on Stardom World at this point. Um, so, my first one is from February seventeenth of last year: uh, Queens Quest, Momo Watanabe, and Utami Hayasashita. Versus Arisa Hoshiki and Mayu Iwatani. Uh, as I said, from February 17, 2019, Queen's Fest 2019. From Gold May, which was May 16, 2019, Momo Watanabe versus Arisha, Arisa Hoshiki. Uh, Arisa versus Hazuki from Big Summer in Tokyo on July 24, 2019. And finally, uh, talking about it again from American Dream in the Big Apple, which was Stardom's WrestleMania show, which took place April fifth. Uh, Oedo tie versus Stars, the eight person tag, uh, definitely worth checking out. That whole, you know, I talked about at the beginning of the show, us standing in the rain and me getting sick and everything. But that's a really great show. If you have not seen that show, I highly recommend you check it out. The bottom rope of the ring is broken the entire time, but you won't notice it's a really super fun show with a lot of great matches.
1: Yeah. I guess that was the reason why we were outside for so long. They were trying to fix the bottom rope, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a great show. Uh Just one of like, generally one of my great memories that the Momo Utami match for the white belt was one of my favorite matches of that whole year. And, uh you know, I hadn't, uh, unlike you, Taylor, I had not seen Stardom Live before. So it was a, it was a big moment. Uh, the only match I wanted to uh, comment on there was the the Momo versus Aris match, of course. Uh, I just didn't like this match, which if you want to hear my thoughts on this match, I reviewed this match on Wrestling Omakase with friend of the show, John. Uh, we talked about this whole show and I was just bummed that like Momo was like a absolute destroyer of people, her entire reign and Arisa beat her in like 12 minutes or
0: something. And it just pissed me off so much. (laughs) I'm sorry to upset you Aaron by including that match. I know. I know.
1: I wish that she wasn't retired because of injuries because I can't get the requisite enjoyment out of the fact that she will not break Momo's uh, defense record. without sounding like a really uh, awful person. So moving on. Yes, all these are on Stardom World. The matches I'm going to talk about, If you, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I keep a Stardom match guide and you, it's uh, the pinned tweet on my Twitter account. You can check it out, the 2019 and the 2021. I'm going to make a 2011 one too, since Taylor and I have been going through there. Uh, I didn't make any before that. I just started doing them in 2019. And I have links to all the matches that I thought were good uh, on that match guide. So you can find that. But you can pretty easily just find these on Startup World. The ones I wanted to talk about, all these are from uh 2019. Arisa Hoshki and Tom Nakano versus Momo Watanabe and B. Priestley on June 2, the uh, Shining Stars tour. Uh Arisa versus Tom Nakano from June 16th, Shining Destiny. This was a lot of people really like this match. Like, I think it ended up pretty high on the VOW end-of-the-year match, uh, match match-of-the-year award, or or match-of-the-year list. And a lot of people had it ranked really high. It didn't connect with me on that level, but I thought it was really good, Uh, just not like four-and-a-half stars, or I think some people had it, which I think is insane. But, you know, everybody watches wrestling differently. Uh, Arisa and Jamie Hayter on November 4th on the Best of Goddesses tour. Jungle Keone, <laughs> Keone. Jungle Kiona and Konami versus Arisa and, and Tom Nakano from uh, November 24th, the goddesses or goddess of stars tour. And then Arisa versus Konami on December 24th, the year end climax. So I think that's another one that a lot of people liked. So I think all those are worth checking out. If you just want to watch some Arisa matches, I'm sure we can throw at least these lists up on our Twitter account. So you don't have to like, uh, rewind and try to write down the uh <laughs> the matches or whatever. Uh but that's Arisa Sahoshki, so she will be missed, obviously. And I think at a at a much different time, uh, it'll be good for us to talk about, you know, stardom going forward. Um it's not at all time to talk about that for me at this point. Uh but it's gonna be uh interesting for them. Uh so Talking about new shows happening or or Japan kind of reopening, they've lifted the um, state of emergency and have set deadlines for, or I'm sorry, not deadlines, but dates for things to open back up. Now, much differently than America, they got the cases down to like next to nothing, especially in Tokyo, before they started opening back up. Uh, We should say that Stardom was supposed to record some matches at uh, sometime the end of this week, the last of May. you know, to, to no one's surprise, they canceled those recordings and we don't know when those are gonna happen. Taylor, you were telling me that uh, Dave Meltzer reported in the Observer that maybe something is something is gonna happen next week related to those.
0: Yeah, it wasn't exactly clear. He said that it had been moved to next week. I don't know if that means that the shows themselves are happening next week or if the announcement about when the shows are happening is happening next week, because obviously they had just sort of offhandedly mentioned, oh, we're going to have some shows before the end of May. Um, That's all we found out. And obviously this week they didn't announce anything with everything going on. So I don't know whether it will be, you know, they may just say, hey, we're doing a show tomorrow. I don't know the fact that, you know, it's, I still think going to have no fans. I think they're still going to do no fans at this point. So I guess you could announce a show a day in advance because at that point, you're not trying to sell tickets or anything like that. Uh, But we still don't know. It's a little bit up in the air and uh, we'll have to see. But I'm sure starting next week, we'll probably start to get clarity on stardom and probably a few other Joshi promotions in terms of what their plans are moving forward.
1: There were some dates that were floating around, but I, I wasn't clear whether those applied to pro wrestling because... The dates that were going around related to sports, and while obviously pro wrestling is uh, a sport, there was some discussion about whether the like live entertainment events would would apply more to wrestling. All we know is that sports are starting back June 19th in Japan with no fans. There was something going around today that Corquin has announced they're not going to have events even with no fans until July 10. But I think sometime in July... We'll be able to start seeing um, even I think we'll be able to start seeing fans at wrestling shows sometime in July.
0: Yeah, I think there are probably going to be some shows. There are some shows um, announced that have fans, but when we talk about fans, we're talking about maybe 20, 30, 40 people. We're not talking about very many people, so there may be a few shows with fans, but in terms of having You know, show shows like you think of before all of this went down in terms of trying to, you know, have a lot of people in the building uh, probably won't be until July that those happen. I know a few promotions came out this week announcing shows that had been postponed. There was supposed to be an Ice Ribbon Actress Girls joint show on June 21st at Corican, which was canceled um, or was postponed, I think, was the official Language. So some things are still being canceled. Um, Some promotions are going to start running very small shows with fans, but we're sort of crawling into, you know, back into normalcy in terms of having fans at shows.
1: Yeah, I would imagine August, September, we'll be seeing, I'm imagining full shows with with full arenas or not. Yes,
0: of course, with the understanding that everything sort of proceeds. As normal. Right. You know, and, no, and nothing, you know, I know yesterday or the day before they announced that there had been a spike somewhere in Japan. Now, of course, uh, a spike comparatively to the rest of the world is very small. I think it went up to 21 new cases in one day, <laughs> right? Uh, we- which is very small compared to what's going on in the United States. But it is much bigger. I think they had been announcing something like four or five new cases a day. So it could always go the other way but as of now the fan, the plan is hopefully in the next you know month or two months to start getting those fans back.
1: And our other our last news item for the week Pure J is joining independentwrestling.tv.
0: Yeah, exciting news. Uh it looks like um it's not exactly clear what is going on because No one is doing shows right now, but it looks like Independent Wrestling TV is trying to get a lot of smaller, independent Japanese promotions onto the service. Uh, We talked about previously Sendai Girls. We reviewed that big show uh, a few weeks ago. Um, They have Heat Up, which is a men's promotion, and Freedoms, which is another men's promotion. And they just announced that Pure J will be joining at the beginning of June uh which is in a few days from when we're recording this we're not entirely sure what these what this means obviously right now no one's running shows so for example for Sendai girls they've largely been slowly uploading archived shows old shows i think at this point they've uploaded 3 or 4 uh Sendai girl shows i think they've uploaded a few freedom shows so, we will have to see when these promotions come back and start running live shows, start airing shows, will they appear on the service or will they not? Or maybe they will appear on the service on a delay. You know, I know in Japan, Nico often airs a lot of these smaller promotions. Maybe it will be a thing where the show airs on Nico. It's there for the two-week period, it goes off, and maybe then it goes on IWTV. I don't know. Maybe it's just that they will get archived shows. It's not clear. Now PureJ doesn't have a lot of archives to draw from. They've only been around for they've been around for less than three years, technically, uh, because they're a spin-off of JWP, because the JWP naming rights um, went back to the rights holder. And so this is technically a new promotion, Pure J, which has been around for about two and a half years, uh, just under three years. So we will see. It's not sure right now, but at least for now, there will be some Pure J content coming to IWTV. It looks like they are trying to get these smaller Japanese promotions. They started their own Japanese Twitter account, IWTV did. So it looks like they are at least somewhat serious about having this service provide – um, uh, Japanese, you know, Joshi and Puro, Puro content.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's a good service. Like, I, I signed up for the Sendai Girls show that we watched. It's like well done. The, the, I think I used a Apple TV app for it, was good, easily, um, easily used, easily accessible. It just didn't have a lot of content that was interesting to me personally. So if they add a lot of, uh joshi some of the smaller joshi shows i mean it it would be it was better than nico nico the the quality so it's something i would be interested in if they came up uh if the shows showed up quickly
0: yeah you know if you have any interest uh, obviously right now there's no shows happening so there's not a lot of in fact i think there's almost no new content going up on the site now but they have been very good i've been subscribed to them for a while you know, it's just, I think, 9.99 a month, I think, is the price point. And they do a lot of when wrestling is happening normally. They do a lot of live streams. So even if you only have interest in two or three shows a month, there is a lot of value there. If you want to check out a show from a promotion that you've never seen before, you know, I think it would be really awesome if they could live stream some of these Japanese promotions. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, and would definitely get them a lot of good exposure. I know they did stream one of the Sendai Girl shows. Now, obviously, it's an old show, so it wasn't a live stream, but they did sort of put it on their live stream channel to hopefully get some more people to check it out. So I think there's a lot of possibilities there for exciting things, the ability to give exposure. I know I've been saying for a long time that a lot of these small promotions – could start a streaming service, but we at this point have so many streaming services that it can often be hard for a small promotion that might only run two or three shows a month. And maybe they're not big shows to justify having their own streaming service where it would be nice to have a bunch of maybe these smaller Japanese promotions get together in this way and have one streaming service where you could see multiple promotions and that, that would get eyes on your, you know, Pure J now almost undoubtedly will have more eyes on it being on IWTV than they do now where they're largely either airing on Nico or just throwing matches up on their YouTube channel. So I think it's a net positive for anyone who joins in terms of getting more eyeballs on these smaller promotions.
1: So normally or when like, OK, I guess not normally because only what two of our shows happened with current wrestling. So I guess normally we don't talk about current wrestling on this show. But in normal times when things return, uh, this is the part of the show where we would do what we call spark notes, where we kind of talk about some of the shows we couldn't talk about at length. Uh, so, Taylor, do you want to tell us about some of the shows that have been going on?
0: Yeah, so the first one is we're sort of in a weird time because we're recording this just before the Tokyo Joshi pay per view is about to air. It has not aired yet, um, but by the time you hear this, it will have aired, so I'm putting it in Spark Notes. It's on a uh, new service, and I think I wrote this down right OpenRec.tv, which is sort of the Japanese version of Twitch. If you've ever heard of Twitch, the streaming service, it does a lot of gaming. Streaming, uh, game streaming, play alongs, things like that. Uh, this is definitely an experiment for Tokyo Joshi to see what happens. The, they have these different price points because they're not only offering the show itself, but if you pay a little extra, you can go to an after party uh, with some of the wrestlers over, obviously, this video platform. Uh, they're sending out, I think, signed memorabilia. From the promotion. So it's an interesting test to see what happens. Um, And it's a way, I think, uh, sort of the logic behind it is it's a way to run shows and recoup some of the attendance monies that they're losing, obviously, having to run these shows with no people. You have the people coming, paying, I think the lowest tier is about $15 US, and it goes, I think, all the way up to $50 US. So, it's a good way, a test to see if this is a way to recoup some of that lost money not being able to run shows. Um, as always, happening are uh, Choco Pro shows. Um, they happen now, at this point, they're happening every few days or so. The most recent one aired today, which is May 30th. Um, they had one last Saturday, which happened right after Hana's passing um, with Asuka in the main event. Asuka and Hana had teamed in Wrestle 1 as Flourish. Um, so that is a show I highly recommend you check out even if you haven't watched Choco Pro. Um, I watched it on Saturday. It, it was sort of cathartic for me. To see Asuka there, they have a very nice tribute, but it's not too much, you know, if you're worried about it making you too sad. um, I don't think it will do that. It's a nice mix between having this tribute, but also providing an exciting and fun wrestling show for you to watch and hopefully cheer you up. And Ice Ribbon is actually doing quite a lot. Uh, They're still running their weekly dojo shows. They're coming to the conclusion of the IWGQ title tournament. Um, they have the finals airing today, I believe. They had Haragi Karumi's 10th anniversary party on their own version of pay-per-view on Nico Nico this week, where I believe it was something like $30. You could watch the show, which is her anniversary show. I know Arisa Nakajima from Seedling teamed with Sukasa Fujimoto. Uh, as the best friends team, that was Arisa's first match. I believe she said in in two months she has not wrestled in two months. They are continuing to do peace parties, peace party shows, uh, which are sort of the the smaller fun shows they're doing. And actually, also today they had a live airing on Samurai TV, um, which is really fun. They had a drop kickers tag title match which is Tsukasa Fujimoto and Sakushi defending their tag titles so a little bit of a different um, feel you know still no audience shows but having it aired on Samurai I haven't watched it quite yet I'm looking forward to it gives it a little bit of a different feel so still a lot a lot of exciting things still going on in wrestling as you know we creep closer to getting audiences back. All right, well, I guess that's about everything we had to talk about, yeah, yeah, I think that's about it. um, yeah, sadly, we-, we will not be doing our rookie rankings on this show. No, our rookie rankings, as you mentioned, it's probably doubtful that there will be enough major wrestling happening next week to cover a whole show, so i you know, I could imagine next time we gather together, we may return to the to stardom of old and to the rookie rankings. We may indeed. I will
1: look forward to it. Um, so I guess that's it. Thanks everybody for listening. This is a shorter show than usual. Uh, I hope you understand under the circumstances. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us at Audio. I'm at Aaron like the car. Taylor is at Membo. Subscribe to the show, please. Please give us a rating and review and find a, a bail fund in your local area or in... One of the areas, you know, like Minneapolis or Louisville or uh, across New York where we've seen a lot of this stuff going on that you can donate to. So thanks, everyone, for listening and we'll see you next time.